0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on WARL 1320 The Drive with your host, Sean Donahue.
2: Welcome to Revolution Recap. We're having some technical difficulties here, sorry um, to start the show late. Uh, here every Sunday from 78 p.m. We're doing the latest action of the New England Revolution in Major League Soccer right here on AM 1320 The Drive, as well as over the internet at 1320thedrive.com. Joining me today in studio is longtime Revs fan Dave Ackman. And if you missed it last night, a thrilling Revs game against DC United. Uh, the Revs came from behind, one goal down, and came back to win it with a 2-1 victory. Um, over DC United, it, it was quite a game. DC was catching up to the Revs, and now the Revs have some distance between them—four points between them and the next closest competitor—with a game in hand. So it, it was a great win to get. It, if you missed it um, last night, saw Taylor Twelman uh, score a 94th minute goal late in the game. Uh, Twelman has been great this season. He's uh, scored a lot of clutch goals, and um, he's really become making himself an MVP candidate for this season. He's done so well. As I mentioned, the Revs had a, had a great game last night against D.C. Another guy, Andy Dorman, came off the bench and got the assist against Taylor and He's been great for the Revs with a lot of assists and doing well. And it, it's great to see the Revs getting off to such a great start so fast this season.
3: I think that this year, you know, they've really done well. They've made a hard push, especially through the All-Star break and then continuing on. I think their players, despite all the call-ups, really have been making a push towards the playoffs. So it's been a, good, a really good season from them so far.
2: Yeah, it's been great. And then... Um, the closest competitor now is Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City actually lost the Columbus crew. Uh, so other results going the Revs' way as well. And it, it, it's, it's really been great. Uh, every season we've seen the Revs get off the slow starts and then at the end needed to make a strong push. This season they've already uh, amassed as many points as they've had in their best season, which was back in 2003. And right now they've got first place in the league. And that really, their destiny is in their own hands. Something that uh, the past few seasons they've had to make a late push, and uh, you you never know what could happen.
3: Yeah, very true. And I think this year the only late push they really have to work for is the number one seeding. So it, in, a, in a way, that means that they can, you know, they can handle you know maybe having to rest some of these players down the stretch, as a lot of these guys have played a lot of games, traveling a lot. So if you know, come the end of the season, they need to give someone like a Noonan or a Dempsey a break down towards the end. You know, it's something that they
2: can do. So having this sort of luxury is definitely going to be important come to the end of the season. And we were mentioning earlier, um, a guy like Andy Dorman, who's been so will get off the bench, uh, now with the, the added depth, which is a great thing to see. You see Daniel Hernandez coming in. You see Ricardo Phillips. Uh, a guy like Dorman, who's worked so hard and done so well, uh, one of the things that's going to mean for him is a little less playing time. Uh, which for a guy who's done so well, I think it's a little hard for a hard pill for him to swallow for someone who's been doing so well and probably thinks he deserves a starting spot the way he's been playing. Definitely. I think yeah, that
3: is one side effect of having that much depth. I mean, it, the same thing happens even with a guy like Kensella not being able to play all 90 minutes, even though you know he's been a solid performer all year long. So yeah,
2: people like him,
3: like Dorman, even guys like Avery John and Franchino, one of them even have to be left out at times too
2: and you mentioned Avery John and Joe Frantino uh, it, it seems a guy like Avery John uh, with the depth they have he, he goes away with the national team Joe Frantino takes the spot, plays well and uh, he doesn't get a spot back when he comes back it, it's a great thing in past years uh, we see the revs lose a few guys not even be able to feel the full bench so you know, it causes some problems but I think they're problems that the coach wants to have
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can never have a problem where you have too many players. I mean, yeah, it might make it a little tough to keep everyone happy, but on the field it's only beneficial to be able to have fresh players
2: and hungry players moving out onto the field. And we're talking about um, the Reds' victory against D.C. Uh, D.C., a a little questioning about some of their substitution patterns in that game. Um, They've had a lot of games. The game on Wednesday, they had 120 minutes into overtime. Um, The weekend before, a 90-minute match and. You see you see them only make one substitute in the 87th minute. I thought Freddie Adu looked pretty good coming off the bench in that match, and they maybe could have used him a little bit earlier. True. I mean, I
3: think they had a little bit of a knock, I think, coming in the past couple of weeks, so they probably didn't want to rush him out for too much. But, you know, I mean, I think they had other options on the bench that they could have used, and especially, you know, as they got the red card, I think you would have thought that they would
2: have made a couple of subs after that, too, but they didn't really make too many moves after that, either. Yeah, Dima Kovalenko... Uh uh, got the red card there and that's really what turned around and gave the revs the opportunity to win the game uh, tied deep into stoppage time and Kovalenko we've seen him make horrible tackles before and with the leg breaking t- type of tackle that, that could have been against James Riley if his foot had been planted I, I think we could have seen his leg break and be the third leg Dima Kovalenko has broken in this league I, I think the league really needs to take some, uh, take that into consideration and Find him a little bit more and suspend him a little bit more than just one game, red card suspension.
3: True, I think uh, uh, the history of the player should come into something like that. You know, if it was his first offense, I might say, you know, well, that was, you know, just a mistake late in the game trying to hold on to the ball, but, you know, he, we've seen him do things like this in the past, so I think you've got to at least take a second look at it and see if maybe there was a little intent there.
2: And then you uh, saw Facundo Airpin making his um, MLS debut for uh, DC from Argentina. Uh, he had a kind of an embarrassing play for D.C. in which he pushed Twelman and then seemed to look around and then fall over himself like, like he had been the one who had been pushed uh, and then acted like he was injured down on the ground got a yellow card for that, justly deserved. Um, new to the league, maybe take that into consideration when thinking about a suspension for him, but uh, that's something you don't want to see in the league and you've seen it happen a lot more this season with guys like Isaac Romo, possibly with Clint Mathis, and I, I've been noticing that a lot more this season, and that's one of the bad things that people complain about in soccer and I have to agree that that's something that should not be a part of the game and when when a guy does something like that an example needs to be made and a, a heavy fine suspension needs to be done in my opinion
3: yeah I mean you've seen it even back in the World Cup I mean it's happened in the past and it's just a problem that seems to come back no matter where you are no matter what league no matter what caliber even player that you're talking about and I think that was really dis- a disgrace I mean to try to trick not even the ref into just thinking that it was a foul but then to feign injury and you know just even if you watch the replay up on the board, I mean, I think everyone in the stadium could just tell that it was a terrible play, and that's really got to be second-looked at.
2: Yeah, definitely with, with a guy like him, as I mentioned earlier, it, it was his first game, uh, so in that sense, it's got to be taken into consideration. Uh, but really, a, a play like that is, is not something you want to see in this league. Coming, coming down and maybe it's acceptable in Argentina but he's got to learn it's not acceptable in MLS
3: true and I think that you know, looking forward that's also going to make him have a spotlight on him the rest of the, uh, the year too I think refs are going to have to keep another eye out for him especially after that
2: and we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll be back with some more Revolution Recap
4: Are you tired of all that? You know, if you and your family need a car, use caution because some dealers just miss the mark a little. At Saturn of Seacock on Route 44, we take the hassle out of your car buying experience. At Saturn of Seacock, it's extremely easy. We give you our best price the very first time. No haggling, no hassling. It's honest up front. It's the Saturn of Seacock way. And now we're open Sundays, too, to fit your schedule and make it even easier. Plus, extra help if your credit isn't perfect? Call Saturn of Seacom at one 350 1534 Plus, come to Massachusetts and we finance your sales tax. Call one 350 1534 Saturn of C-Con, Route 44, number one. Bye, bye, bye. Now, you got to admit, you must be tired. So call 1-888-350-1534 for Saturn of Seacom,
0: a Herb Chambers quality dealership. For over 120 years, the Sun Chronicle newspaper has been providing southern Massachusetts with the best in local news. And now, the Sun Chronicle is available in stores and on racks every day by 6 a.m. But that's not all. When you open your Sun Chronicle, you'll find three new tabloid-size pull-out sections. There's the place written by teenagers for teenagers. The place will feature interviews with local high schoolers and also contain student art as well as what's hot in music and Hollywood. You can also look for the Sun Chronicles newly designed pull-out sports section. Not only will you continue to get the Sun Chronicles award-winning coverage of local and pro sports, but you, the reader, can sound off in the all-new sports forum. Finally, look out for the get-out section every Thursday for a helpful way to plan your weekend. Get Out offers theater reviews as well as listings of night spots, restaurants, and movies. Get Out will also provide best bets to help you make the most of your leisure time. The Sun Chronicle newspaper, your very best source for local news.
1: Hi, this is Scott McPherson from the Sports Journal Live to tell you about my friends at Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic. Whether you're involved in a sports injury like I was or involved in a motor vehicle accident, Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic will get you back on the road to recovery. The specialists at Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic in Somerset are the area's leaders in physical, occupational, and speech therapy and can help you get through the recovery process with first-rate attention and care. Clifton specializes in sprains and strains, hand and wrist splinting, stroke and neurological rehab, as well as post-surgical rehabilitation. For more information on Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic, call 508-675-7589 or visit them on the web at cliftonhealthcare.com. That's Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic, your first stop on the road to recover.
2: Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Uh, we're here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. doing the latest action of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer. Uh, we had a, some li- little bit of technical difficulties earlier, but hopefully we got everything working now. Um, we were talking about the Revs DC game. Uh, great game for the Revs coming out and getting the 2 1 victory. Uh, DC could feel a little hard done by it. I think they. Dominated the possession most of the game And had some chances where they could have put the game away uh, But that's soccer for you And it was a great result for the Revs. And as I said, great position to be in At, at this late in the season And re- really great chance to win the supporter Shield And to make it far in MLS playoffs And win the MLS Cup
3: Yeah, I think it was a great result And I think you got a lot of people stepping up too I think um, you saw Warren have a great game too As you said, that D.C. had a bunch of chances And he came up big You know, he hasn't had much time to play But he's, he's done his job when he's been called upon
2: yeah, Andy Dorman, uh, great, great. He's been great as a super sub role this season. Uh, we see uh, Freddie Adu take that kind of role for DC. Uh, but for the, for the pick that Andy Dorman was way down in the last round of the draft, uh, something like the 56th pick, I believe. He's been a great player, and it's an excellent pickup for the Revs, and um, it'll be a player that I think. We'll get a senior spot when it comes time When he becomes a senior international player Definitely, and I think uh,
3: you're seeing D- Dorman You know, he brings a lot of it to the table And he also brings, you know, a little bit of leadership too It looks like he, It seems like he's been able to lead that midfield a little bit With Joseph and, you know, when Hernandez is in there And Kinsella So it's good to have someone like that That's willing to play both ways Play defensively and offensively And he sort of builds the play from the back well And
2: we were talking about the fouls uh, in the game with uh, Dima Kovalenko earning the red card, but between these games, D.C. and the Revs, we see D.C. being a big fouling team, but this game was actually the Revs that dominated on the fouls with 25 fouls against D.C. Uh, A little surprising, uh, but maybe it it was part of their tactics against an opponent like D.C. that's known for being a rough and physical team.
3: Yeah, I think there's a lot of history, too, between these two teams. I don't think they... Too much care for each other, and you could tell it was—it was physical both ways. I don't think it was just the revs. I think there was a couple times when the the DC had uh, made a couple physical plays that slipped by, and I think a couple times the revs had a uh, a couple weak challenges that were called fouls. So I don't think that the stats tell all the picture, but
2: I think it was definitely a physical game on both sides. And then we were talking about the standings. Uh, we see the Revolution right at the top of the East with 45 points. And down at the bottom, uh, the Metro Stars with 33 points. Um, that, that's really the team that they need to distance themselves from to clinch a playoff spot. I'd say at this point it's pretty safe that they're going to make it into the playoffs. Uh, but still there's a chance that if, if they did go on a losing streak, it, it's still too close to the East Division right now uh, to say that they're, they're guaranteed a spot, I'd say. True. I don't think you can ever take for granted that this
3: is their... Uh, Guaranteed playoff spot But I think the way They've been playing They've shown that Through the end of the season I don't think that They're going to Go on such a big Losing streak That they would Drop out of the playoffs
2: I think that they can Hold on pretty candidly Yeah when we see um, A team like Chicago That used to be At the top of the division For a while uh, Actually played a couple More games in the res And that was part of it But now they're really Dropping down in the standings Uh, We saw Kansas City Losing to Columbus And D.C. with the loss So the other Eastern Conference's Opponents Um that had been catching up are now starting to fall down themselves. So that's another thing that's good for the Revs to look at.
3: True, and I think you're also going to look at the fact that, you know, even teams like Chivas out west are starting to improve and they're going to start to slowly chip away points, I think, from some of the other Eastern Conference opponents with them bringing in some new guys too. So I think down the wire it's going to be really, you know, everyone's going to start taking points from everyone else and I think that's
2: only going to benefit the Revs. Yeah, you've got a few teams here that are really, you can probably count out of the playoff picture and Columbus and Chivas, but at this point, Uh, they're doing the job of spoilers coming in and getting some wins now Uh, Chivas with all the reinforcements and they're really doing a lot better now that they've got the reinforcements and they saw them beat Dallas Dallas the team that's really been struggling recently and then we saw as I mentioned earlier Columbus beat Kansas City and it it can only help that these teams are are doing well at this point Um, the Rebs do have one more game against Columbus that could be a tough game Uh, they've already played their games against Chivas so it's good to see that these teams now have done well and um, as we found in the last week's show uh, part of Chivas' success could be attributed to the revs, With the revs having traded some unused cap space For uh, a couple of the draft picks with Chivas And I wonder if they had that in mind That Chivas could come back and play the role of a spoiler And help out in that way as well
3: If, if that's a if they were thinking, it's a great idea Because you know, coming, coming along this way If they start taking even you know, a draw every here and there Taking two points from those teams in the Eastern Conference Will only help them not only with seeding But also in other situations such as that
2: yeah, definitely. The team, um, I should mention, had a great attendance, actually, on Saturday as well, 18,049, uh, their highest standalone attendance this season. It was great to see that as well. I think if the team keeps winning, uh, that attendance will will continue to pick up. I think if they, if they do what they need to do on the field, um, they'll bring the fans back. Uh, they had a great attendance on them their first few years and were leading the league really in attendance. Uh, but I, I think if part of the reason was all the struggles the Reds have had, um, failing to make the playoffs so many times. But now that they're doing well, I, I think a lot of these fans might come back to the team. And, and that might have been part of what was shown on Friday night. I mean Saturday night. Oh, that crowd on Saturday night was amazing. I mean, it was loud all over the...
3: S- it was loud all over the stadium And it was You know The fans were chanting And I think The team really wants to The fans really want to support this team And I think it's just been Really tough the past year or two Three even four years that, To get behind this team So I think if they even Just show a glimmer of hope Coming up down the stretch I think people will come out And it will be A great time And uh, after the game We
2: had to, to uh to Steve Nichols' post-game Press conference And uh, we can play that for you now
5: As normal It was a, it was a battle royal out there Between uh, us and uh, D.C. As it always is I mean, I think the truth of the matter is that we were fortunate to get the win. As far as the football we played, we can play it far better than we showed tonight. But as usual, we showed that you know guts and courage and passion. Uh, we have it in abundance, and that's what won us the game. Did
3: you missed Dempsey at all on the, on the free kick situations. It seemed that you guys didn't, weren't really dangerous on those situations. Was
5: his uh, Kamikaze style missed? Um, I wouldn't say we didn't look dangerous. I mean, we, you know, we were inches away a lot of the time from getting good connections. So I certainly didn't feel as though we were ineffective. But we're fortunate enough when uh, somebody like Clint isn't available that we can uh, bring other people in and uh, they'll do uh, a great job for us. It's the first half, nobody really seemed to settle down at all out there. A lot of this long balls <coughs> playing chase. Uh, DC certainly looked better in the final 15 minutes of that half. What did you look at at halftime? Um, I think basically at halftime we were second best whether it was winning balls or whether it was playing soccer or passing the ball or whatever um, we were second best and the one thing we had to make sure we did in the second half was uh, make sure that at the, at the very least we were standing in a corner and uh, making it hard um, and once we we felt once we did that we would start playing uh, certainly we would like to have played better but as I said as far as passion and guts and courage is concerned you know this lot's got it in abundance Final moments and it seemed like it was getting a little physical it seemed like it was just going to kind of and the, the, the goal kind of came out of nowhere uh, from uh, your perspective Well that's what happens when you know when you don't give up and you have a, a great will individually and as a team you have a you have a will we're trying to shout onto Shari to calm down you know these guys are looking to win the game all the time and as we've done the previous weeks you know that that will to win and that, that extra commitment and togetherness has pulled us through again How do you feel Taylor and Pat played tonight for the first time a month do you think there's just their sharpness was there together they playing off each other well I obviously patched but it for I don't know five weeks six weeks so you know he certainly had, uh, he had enough strength to get through it but obviously some more training and uh, some more games and he'll sharpen up but you know the two of them did well can't complain he scored in the last minute but I think like the rest of us you know as a team and as individuals we can all be better than we were tonight
2: uh, welcome back to Revolution. We got you that one. Nine
5: guys. points separates first and uh, you know, uh, not making a playoff
6: spot, so we're, uh, we're, not, we're not comfortable buying any- him.
2: That, that was head coach Steve Nickel there uh, talking about the Revs' last game. Uh, okay. it, and that was head coach Steve Nickel talking about the Revs' last game. Um, the Revs with the victory over D.C. United, as you said. Uh, it's, it's really great to see um, the Revs getting off to such a great start. And, Um, Also talking about goal differential. They have a plus-16 goal differential, which really shows some of the domination they've had this season.
3: Yeah, and it's been all the way through the defense, up through the midfield, I think, and even the strikers have been playing strong defensively, and they've been getting goals from everywhere. You're getting, you know, Shalri Joseph with some of the key goals off of set pieces. You're getting Twelman scoring his back on pace for 20 goals again you're getting Dempsey to give you some goals so they're really
2: they're playing well all over the field and we're actually going to have Shari Joseph on in just a few minutes here hopefully and as you were talking about the Revs defense uh, uh, Matt Reese was out for the suspension on Saturday night which you didn't mention yet and Doug Warren stepped in and I thought he did a great job made uh, four big saves um, he allowed the goal, but I don't think he really could have done anything on that goal. And He proved himself to be a great backup and, and someone that's going to be an asset to the revs down the future.
3: Yeah, definitely. I don't think he could have done anything about the Coronta goal. That was just you know a great setup by Gomez. I mean, he had it wide open. If he missed that, you know, he missed it, but he wasn't going to get that save. I think Warren did this, make the saves that he had to, and even a couple he probably shouldn't have, so I think he did a great job.
2: And there is a little discussion about uh, Twelman's game-winning goal, about uh, that possibly being offside. Um, looking at the replay, it, it looks close. And... There is a little bit of a hint of possible offsides in that goal, but they're not going to reverse the call. Uh, it was a great goal. I think even had he been a few inches back, he still would have scored the goal. Uh, I think that was a mistake of Fakundu Arapin letting him get forward, and at the same time, Josh Gross uh, keeping him almost onside, and it, it, it worked out in the Reds' favor. Yeah, I think well, watching it live, it looked like it, you know, it... We've lost the mics here. It should be working again now. Um, Yeah, and it looked
3: like, you know, looking live that it was was on, but, you know, that's such a tough call, especially late in the game for the linesman to make.
2: And uh, I think we've got Shari Joseph now over the phone. Um, Shari, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Uh,
7: It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
2: And yesterday, with the huge win over D.C., um, D.C. is the team that defending champs, and have been doing so well. And uh, the Revs go on and get three wins out of four. How big is it to how big is it uh, to get um, do well against the defending champs this season?
7: I, it definitely feels good to beat D.C. three times out of four. We send a huge message to them. Uh, we had a, we have a serious about this year, and we have a lot to prove. And it's all different when the playoffs come around, and we realize there's a lot of stakes when the playoffs come around but we just wanted to send a huge message to them
2: and the way you've been playing this season really picked up your offense um, four goals this season as well as four assists uh, is there anything you can attribute that to?
7: Uh, in, in particular we're just working as a team well this year and I think I get a little more freedom to go forward and just help the guys up top help Taylor and help Patrick try to combine with the white guys and as long as I have cover behind me I can definitely get forward and have the guys forward so I attribute that to just uh, all around team performance.
2: And with the team this season got off to such a great start. Uh, you've seen in past years uh, that you've been with the team, the team's gotten off to slow starts and had to make a run at the end of the season. How important is it that the team got off to a big start this season, especially now that two more that two more teams do not make the playoffs?
7: Yeah, it's very important that we started off this year with a bang and we did that. We realized that it's going to be a lot of stick if you don't get on, if you don't be in first place when it comes to the latter part of the season. And we started off really good, and now we got like seven, eight more games left, and we want to finish like how we've been finishing for the last two years
2: and growing up in granada uh, how big was soccer down there when you were growing up
7: uh, it was big soccer is very big in the Caribbean island it's getting bigger, I guess every year I'm sorry but the the hurricane hitting the island, which set us back a, a couple of months in terms of our progress, but soccer is very big in our country right now.
2: Uh, at what point did you move to the U.S. and um, how was that transition? And and how did growing up in the U.S. and playing soccer differ from that?
7: Uh, it was a big transition. For, first year I came over, when it was winter time, I never, you know, been any place this cold, so it was kind of difficult for me at first. But then I went to high school and made a lot of friends and played soccer through my high school and college. Yeah, and from that part on, it was easy. Just soccer was everything for me then.
2: And how was your experience at, at St. John's?
7: I'm sorry, I didn't hear that.
2: How was your experience in college at St. John's?
7: Uh, it was a great experience. He uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, the coach was a little, everybody don't really like him, but he taught me a lot and I learned from him. I learned to be a better player and I learned to be a better person in general. And uh, I just attributed a lot of his, a lot of my work and a lot of my stuff to him.
2: And then dr- being drafted by the Rebs, uh you opted to do some training over in Europe. How was your experiences over there and you think that helped it make it a smoother transition when you came back to the Res and uh, went right into the lineup?
7: Uh, I didn't think it helped me to make a smooth transition. It was kind of a hard different. It was a difficult decision for me because I stay in the MLS or go overseas. And my dream was to always play overseas, so I always try to, to, see, to, to always try to see if my game was up to that level. And I got the chance to play in Germany and Italy for a little bit, train for a little bit, and I came back because nothing was going to work out for me over there and then I came back to the res and they were coming with open arms and from now on then everything is just smooth.
2: And you had the opportunity to both play in the All-Star game against Fulham and get the opportunity to play against Real Madrid in Spain. How are those two experiences playing against uh, some of the better teams in the world?
7: Uh, the Real Madrid trip was probably the best trip I've been on. The, the most fulfilling experience I've been on in terms of soccer. I guess to play against some of the top players in the world and if not the probably the best club in the world, one of the best top three clubs in the world, so it was definitely a fulfilling experience for me, and playing the All-Star game, it was more fun just playing with the All-Star in general, the MLS All-Star in general, because I don't get the chance to play with a lot of these guys, or to talk to a lot of these guys, especially the U.S. national team guys, so definitely uh, for me just having the privilege to play with these guys.
2: And with the team this year... Um, added a lot of depth you saw Daniel Hernandez coming back to the team part of the Revs championship run in 2002 and you see Ricardo Phillips now joining the team uh, how important is it to have these guys now especially with the team missing all these guys the call-ups
7: uh, Yeah, just a uh, national team call-ups we definitely going missing all these four guys for our next game which will start late coming up this weekend so it's very important that we have depth and we have guys competing for the same spot every day in practice week in week out and coming and bringing that experience for us. He's been to the final two years ago, and he's definitely one of our better players and one of our good players. And he had a great game last night. You can see from, I don't know if you guys saw the game, but he had a great game last night, and we're looking forward to having him join the season for him to get fit and just gel with me and whoever is going to be in the midfield.
3: Hi, Shari. this is David Ackman. Uh, going off of that point, do you think it is tough to slot in with someone like a Hernandez? You know, is it tough to gel, or... Has it been a pretty easy going, getting used to playing with him?
7: I played with him when I first came to so it was easy for me, and he's, he's, not, he's always willing to help. You can talk to him, whatever you need, whatever. He lends you experience. He tells us about his trip in Mexico and how it was and what kind of soccer-oriented style they play and stuff like that. So it's easy to deal with Danny, and he's a professional. He always comes to practice willing to play and willing to practice, and he's somebody you can learn a lot from, even at a young age.
2: And you had the opportunity, uh, the Granada National Team's path uh, in World Cup qualifying uh, ended up facing the U.S. Uh, obviously, the result didn't go the way you would have hoped, but how was that experience uh, playing against the U.S. as part of the Granada National Team?
7: Uh, it's definitely a great experience for me, not just for me, but for my country in general. We get to see this, these guys, see these U.S. guys, they come to Ireland, and they were very professional about it. We treat them good, and hopefully, we, I thought we treat them good, and... Even though they still beat us, we were just happy for them to come to Ireland and happy to get the opportunity to play against such a powerhouse and soccer team.
2: And we see your nickname is uh, Bully. How would you earn that nickname?
7: I played a little physical style of soccer. I like to get in on tackles. and I was a little bully when I was younger I and mean, when I was in high school. I definitely would pick on people a little smaller, a little shorter than me. So I earned that name through that.
2: And what's been your favorite part? Have, have your career so far as a soccer player?
7: I think I'm just, I love the Real Madrid experience and I, I love playing for the Revs and I think just being around the guys in general, it's been a lot of fun for me. Uh, this year, as we win it, it's been more fun and more fun. So I think uh, the favorite part of this year is going to be just playing with the Revs. This year, in a winning season, we definitely got to fulfill it by winning the championship and bringing it back to New England as the year would definitely be in a with all the work we did
2: and with the team this season uh, as you mentioned earlier getting off to such a fast start uh, what do you think has been the difference between this team and uh, the teams of years past that have started off slowly
7: I think we've been together for a while now probably the same core and the same nucleus the guys have been together for the last two three years so I think we gel together better because we've been around each other so long that we understand our strengths and weaknesses together and we try to help each other with their weaknesses to make it strength so it's just a matter of cohesion, and we've been together so long. I think that's uh, what we went so earlier. That's why we win a lot of these games.
2: And with the rest of the season coming up, what, what does the team need to do to really uh, avoid a letdown uh, in the upcoming matches?
7: I think the biggest problem probably is just complacency and chemistry because it's kind of it's hard for us when we have guys going to the national team and winning. Guys missing games due to cards or injury, so that's probably our biggest problem. Just trying to stay together and trying to stay as a unit, because it's kind of hard when we have different guys coming in and in and out every week. So that's probably our biggest problem, just staying together as a team.
2: And coming up, you have the match against uh, Real Salt Lake um, with several former teammates uh, on that team. Uh, how is it important to get a? Re- why is it important to get a result there? And what does the team need to do to? Um, as you mentioned earlier avoid let a letdown against that team um, that has been struggling in the league so far
7: yeah they probably not, not they're going to make a playoff but they're struggling as you see and I think they don't have nothing to, they don't have nothing to lose at the game so they're going to be coming out ready to fight and we just got to match their intensity and be ready to play and we realize how important it is to have home court advantage of to play all the games in Gillette Stadium because our fans are probably the best in the league right now so when we're at home, we know we can't, we can't be beat and we play better soccer at home. So we definitely want to be coming first place in the defense conference and winning short the MLS, having the most fun short the MLS.
2: And uh, with Pat Noonan, you had Pat Noonan out of that line after the injury for about seven games. Um, how important is it to have a guy like Pat Noonan back who has done so well for the team this season?
7: Uh, yeah, It's very important we get him back, and we got him back last night. He wasn't on his best game because... He's been missing for like six, seven weeks, so he was a little bit sluggish and a little bit slow. And he's just looking forward. He's happy to be back, and he's looking forward to next week and just for him to perform again so he can get back national team call ups and just enjoying soccer again. And it's good to have him back. We are here eating dinner right now, me and Doug, Stephanie. So it's just fun talking about the game last night, and he's just happy to be back.
2: And now uh, we talked to Jay Heaps. Uh, after the last time you played DC and, and uh, Jay was talking about how this is really one of the biggest rivalries now in the league and uh, how the team really enjoys playing against DC. Uh, do you feel the same way?
7: Oh, yeah. I think it's probably the biggest rivalry right now in the league because the game last night was intense and it was really gruddy and really giddy because I don't think it has a playoff atmosphere towards it and we know it started when we lost the first game earlier on in the year. Jay. Jay talked to us about it in the locker room after the game how they celebrated like they just won the championship and it definitely took a little part out of us going in there last night to beat them and kind of kicked their butt you can say so it definitely felt good
2: and how how, do you think of the play of uh, doug warren you saw matt reese getting out getting out with suspension the game before and then doug warren stepped right in and made several crucial saves um how's it different playing with a different goalkeeper and uh what do you think of doug warren's play
7: uh, Dougie was great for us last night. He probably had the <coughs> game of his life or the best game I've seen him play. And he's just going to get better. The more games he get, the better he's going to get, which is going to be a hard point behind Matt Reese because Matt has been saving for us very good all season. So it's going to be hard for Dougie to get in, but he's just going to be competing every day. And he's a great goalkeeper, a great guy. And we're just looking forward to having two great goalkeepers and goals. whenever one goes away, we know Dougie will be able to fill in with no problems at all.
2: And uh, this season, the Rebs have... Uh, rookie in Central Defense, uh, Michael Parkers. Uh, he really hasn't looked like a rookie out there, though, and um, he's playing right behind you. What do you think of his play so far this season?
7: Uh, he's been an awesome for us. He made his first All-Star appearances in his rookie year, so I only know there's going to be a lot more for him because he's definitely one of the best players on our team, and he's only a rookie still, so we know he have a lot more growing to do and a, lot more, and a lot more demanding of him from the team and just his players in general, but we know he's going to be great for us.
2: And uh, I saw you are majored in uh, sports management in college. Uh, what are your plans for the future? I know it's a long way off to be thinking about, uh, but uh, do you have any plans to stick with soccer and possibly get into a management position um, when your career is over?
7: Yeah, I'm definitely going to stick around soccer, whatever I end up doing. I don't really know what I'm going to do. I think about it, but nothing immediate in my plans at all. So I definitely want to stick and do something around soccer because I think that's where I'm good at and that's where I'm best at. So, it's definitely going to be something soccer oriented.
2: And when you're not playing soccer, what do you like to do in your uh, free time?
7: Uh, I have a girlfriend, so I spend some of my time with her and the, most of my time. And then if I'm not playing video game against Taylor and Pat, I'll be watching a lot of the TV. And that's about it. We play a lot of video games even when we're not on the road. So that's about how we spend our free time.
2: Well, thanks a lot for joining us today.
7: Uh, thank you guys for having
2: me. And uh, good luck next weekend.
7: Uh, thanks, guys.
2: And that was Revolution uh, midfielder, Shari Joseph, who's really been the key player of the team so far. And uh, in my opinion, a big candidate for even league MVP.
3: Yeah. Um, I think he's um, definitely the leader, the general in the midfield. He controls the play. He wins the ball back. He does all the dirty work that you need to have done in the midfield. And then he distributes so well. So I think, yeah, he definitely could be a candidate for MVP.
2: Yeah, we saw against uh, Real Madrid, the, the team didn't... Uh, get off a great result with the five nothing loss, but uh, everyone was talking about Shawry Joseph and how well he'd been playing. And it, it, he's really a player that it's great for the Revs to have. And I, I'm sure people in Europe are being and Europe are noticing how well he's been doing.
3: Yeah, and I mean I think you know the the, the Real Madrid game was a tough game to play. I mean they, they were coming from all over. They had to, you know no time to gel. But you know I think Shawry always does what he does. He always hustles. He always tackles hard. He always does whatever he can do. So I think he'd succeed. No matter where he went.
2: Yeah, Shari has uh, been such a great player for the team this year. Um, I, I don't think, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you're talking to somebody. Um, if, if you had to start the team over and start from scratch, and you can only keep one player, I, I it would be hard to look behind, past Shari Joseph with how well he's done and what he's done for this team.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's so many candidates that you would have to that you would have to look for. But you know, I mean, having a guy that was willing to do all the dirty work is definitely a great place to start with your team.
2: Yeah, he's been so great for the team. Uh, part of the Revs three man midfield and I think he's really made it possible for the Reds to play a three five two which with with how he's played. I I think without him it would be impossible to play a three five two and have the best defense in the league like they've had.
3: Definitely and especially when you consider they're starting the rookie in the middle of defense in the three man back line. I think he really definitely has to he definitely has to control that midfield and he definitely has
2: to do what he's been doing for us to succeed in a three five two form. Yep and the, uh, Shari Joseph is doing so well for this team as we mentioned um, he came over as we were talking to him he, he came over uh, to the team after, after trying to the train over in Europe and see how that went for him um, but I, I think everyone's glad that he came back and how well he's been doing for the team he's been a great pick up for the team and he, he's really a player that has that it, been so key for the team that I, I think he, you can't look far behind him to see um, MVP candidates for this league
3: No, not at all And he's definitely He's definitely shown That he deserves to be One of the top players He deserves to be an all-star He deserves to be an MLS select And, it, and it's great to see That he's in the New
2: England uniform And that he did come back And I had the opportunity To talk to Pat Noonan um, uh, Before the game on Friday And uh, we can play for, for you His thoughts on his injury And coming back And uh, what he thought Going into the game
6: you no, know, nine points separates first in uh, you know uh, not making a playoff spot. So we're we're not we're not comfortable by any means. You know we might be top of the table, but uh, uh, we got to you know continue winning games and, and find a way to stay at the top. You know at the end of the season. We go into every game with that frame of mind, whether we got our uh, starting eleven or we got you know guys who are in there, you know maybe filling in for guys that are out. But uh, every game, that's that's the goal. And maybe if it you know hasn't happened in the last couple of games, uh, we're sure, certainly
2: expecting to go out and do that tomorrow. Again this weekend against DC, uh, we've been doing well recently and are catching right up, uh, only a few points behind. How important is this game and how important to get a good
6: result? Well, it's very important, you know, we're at home and we're playing a conference opponent who's right behind us, so we need to find a way to go out and set the tempo and get an early lead and, and find a way to come out with three points. Uh,
2: how important is it um, now you see uh, Clint Dempsey suspended, that they brought in a good a guy like Daniel Hernandez who's been part of the team uh, when they made their championship run to, to fill in when he's out?
6: Uh, well, you know, it's, it's obviously going to be uh, unfortunate we're going to be out with, playing without Clint but uh, you know Daniel's a very good player as well and he's going to hop right in and help us and uh, he's got a lot of talent we know what he's capable of so uh, we're going out with the same uh, frame of mind that's to you know, get three points and uh, uh, get everybody involved in the game get Daniel involved early get him with the balls uh, out wide and uh, uh, getting our wide players involved and then getting in the box and finishing off those crosses and coming off the injury do you think he'll be ready to play the whole game? we'll see uh, you know, that'll be coach's decision or it'll be you know my decision decision if I feel I can't, but uh, we're going out there and hoping uh, from the opening whistle that uh, I feel good and that I'm going to be able to be effective, and if for some reason I'm not, then I'll probably come out, but uh, you know, we'll play it by here. Uh,
2: that was Pat Noonan and his thoughts on uh, the game against D.C. last weekend, uh, prior to the game on Friday. Um, Pat Noonan came back for his first game in seven games to play for the Revs uh, uh, off the injury. Um, he had the assist, part, the secondary assist on Twelman's goal, but... Uh, it wasn't his best performance. He, he had the work rate out there. I think um, linking up with Twelman, he wasn't as strong as we had seen him earlier in the season. Uh, but with time, I'm sure he'll get back into that. And he's really been a key player for the Revs uh, in the earlier parts of the season. And I think he'll be a key come time for the playoffs. Definitely, getting him back will be like just grabbing, you know, a a great free
3: agent slice, like what Chivas did. He's going to be a great player, and I mean, yeah, it wasn't his best game last year, but you can't expect him to come back and be on top form after missing that long. I think just the fact that he was working hard, he was getting into good spots where he could get the passes. You know, they may not have been the best plays, but you know, in the next week or two, I think you'll see him back on top form. It was
2: good to be able to see
3: him go uh, the full 90 minutes as well yeah definitely i think that 's a good boost too, and it 'll give you know players like Dempsey and Twelman you know if they have to take a breast that it, that he can
2: fill in and we 've been talking about guys like Twelman and Noonan, and they 've really been competing for spots on the u s national team as well uh, the u s is pretty deep at forward, but um, they, I think they have a shot of making the team come time for the World Cup if they keep up their play for the club. Uh, twelman 's been lucky really snake bitten when it comes to the national team as far as scoring goals, uh, but he 's been getting in good positions. Um, to, uh, not this Wednesday but the Wednesday before he had a goal against Trinidad and Tobago but it was called offside uh, to me it looked like it was onside and uh, most other people think it was onside as well uh, unfortunate but I-, I think he'll get his shot and hopefully he'll, make the chan- he'll have the chance to make the World Cup roster uh, next year
3: yeah he made a great play on that play he linked up well on that uh, on that goal or non-goal and I think also Noonan's versatility you know he's been able to play the left and midfield for a, for bruce arena and he's shown that he can play forward so i think they both have a great shot of making
2: the team and it's just you know how they finish out the rest of this year and start next year and i had the opportunity to talk to tommy smith of espn uh we played it for you last week but we ran out of time to play the whole thing and we'll play that for you now and what his thoughts are on the upcoming world cup you've been covering soccer for um a while now doing all European games and what do you think it needs to
8: to do really take off here in America well I think probably one of the things you need to do is you need to get a couple of high profile players preferably profile players who can deal with the English media and uh, you know it's amazing that over the years they've never signed a real high profile English player or an Irish player because you look at the communities here and obviously there would be a lot of support for them I imagine and now with talk of David Beckham possibly coming over here do you think that one of the signings that would be heading them in the right direction well, if you could get David Beckham to come, it would be a huge sign. But uh, David Beckham, I think, he's more or less said that he's going to sign with Real Madrid. Um, you might get him in four or five years. I'm not sure that that's early enough. I think they need to make a move before that. I think you need to get somebody in before. In the next two or three years, I think you need to get somebody in to start driving this league. You need somebody to carry it. I mean, you look at the Australians. The Australians are uh, starting their league on uh, this coming Friday night. And they have signed Dwight York to be the fit. Of our league because of the fact that he played with Manchester United. Maybe he's gone past his prime. I mean, you'll find out when you see him playing with Trinidad and Tobago. But the, the point about it is that it's a focal point, and people say, okay, Dwight Job, I know who Dwight Job is, and I go out to see Dwight Job. And I think that's something they to, to have, to, to have to look at.
2: And as far as the U.S. national team, um, ranked sixth highest ranking ever, but still don't seem to get the respect um, in some parts of the world uh, where they think the sixth ranking is ridiculous. What do you think the U.S. needs to do to prove that they deserve? that ranking to the rest of the world
8: well I think if you look at the last World Cup and you see the US being beaten 4-0 by Poland and you say to yourself well are they the 6th best team in the world I mean are they a better team than England are they a better team than Spain are they a better team for instance than the Republic of Ireland I don't think you can put much into the fact that what the ratings are the ratings are the figment of somebody's imagination the only time you get respect in this game there is no respect in this game unless you go out and get it covering uh, the European
2: game um, you see a lot of leagues over there. So, for example, uh, German, really playing the German league, staying there. Uh, with the US, you've seen the best players go over to England. But now they're really trying to make an effort to keep their top stars like Landon Donovan and Eddie Johnson. Do you think that's a step in the right direction for the league as
8: well? Well, it's a step in the right direction, maybe. But you know, one of the ways you become a better football player or a soccer player, whatever you like to call it, is by playing against better players. And if you were in a position where every week you can look at the manager and say, "Okay, I know that I'm going to be on the team today," uh, I'm not sure what. It does for a player's career because there's certainly no incentive to go out and walk yourself off. If you are in a team like Manchester United and you're saying to yourself, okay I get one bad game and I'm going to be down with the reserves there, there's, there's a huge reason why you should go out every week and walk your tail off. I, I don't think it's good for players to be complacent about the place they have and that they can be sure of the place. I think the best teams are made up of players who have two or three players of equal at the one at the one position. Look at Chelsea. Chelsea have two words class players at every position nobody knows from week to week who's going to be playing and I think that's good for the game and I think it's good for the players so what teams are the ones that you think to watch out for in uh, the upcoming World Cup? Oh, Argentina. I'm, I'm very high on Argentina. I think they'll be very good. We did a game recently where they beat Brazil and I thought they were very good. Uh, England probably are a team that's going to take uh, a lot of beating as well. They've got a lot of young players. They've got a pretty good midfield. You can put Beckham and Lampert and John Terry together and Michael Owen up front. and you know, They've got a team that if uh, they get a break and uh, obviously you know, Italy are always a team but the team that could be adopted course this time which everybody seems to have written off is Germany and you know you have to take into consideration the fact that, that the Germans are playing at home every team that plays at home in the World Cup seems to have done well and uh, the Germans have a few young players coming along they've had a good run in the Confederations Cup and I think they'll be they'll be a force before it's all over and what's it like to be a broadcaster at ESPN Well, I mean, I have the best job in the world. I mean, uh, there are a lot of people who would love to have my job and a lot of people who feel I shouldn't have my job. But that's another story for another day. I I mean, who who gets paid to come in and watch soccer and and talk about it and, you know, build up friendships with many, many people around the world. And the fact that ESPN, we broadcast in 152 countries around the world. Our ESPN SoccerNet Press Pass is one of the most popular soccer shows in the world. It goes out in Australia every Friday night at 10 o'clock. And we get like 700 emails for a half an hour show so it puts yourself in a unique position especially when you're somebody like myself uh, coming from the same background as you do I mean I'm Irish and obviously I came here as an immigrant to think that I finally got to the top of the heap I mean it proves that you know no matter what anybody tells you the American dream is possible and the American dream is very much alive and the American dream is very achievable and if you have any questions about that just ask me because I know it
2: and that was Tommy Smith from uh, ESPN, uh, the soccer analysis there. Um, and we were mentioning earlier the Revs' upcoming game uh, against Real Salt Lake. That game's 9 p.m., and you can be seen on Fox Soccer uh, New England uh, um, live uh, Saturday afternoon. And that should be a, an excellent game for the Revs, as I mentioned earlier, about five former Revs players on that team. I'm um, sure they'll be coming out at home uh, wanting to get a result there. And th- that's really, it could be a trap game for the Revs, seeing uh, they're in a blow position, the Revs are at the top. And it's the game that they really well want to win Yeah, it's going to be one of those games where
3: It depends whether New England comes out Fired up or if they come out flat If they come out flat, I think the Salt Lake Players are going to come out and they're going to want to show up Their old team and they're going to want to And they, they don't have bad players surrounding those Old New England players, so it, it could be a trap game But I think, you know, as Shawlory said They're going to have to just come out and if they come out fired up They definitely have the talent to win that on the road
2: And what we haven't talked about yet is the big, crucial World Cup qualifier coming up for the U.S. on Saturday as well. Um, And Columbus, they're going to be facing uh, Mexico on Saturday as well. We do not know which uh, Revolution players will be taking part in that game yet. Uh, But that's going to be a crucial game for the U.S. Whichever team wins that, uh, clinches their ticket to uh, Germany and to the World Cup. So that's going to be an excellent game. Mexico, uh, fifth ranked in the world, the U.S., sixth ranked. And Mexico has been playing great recently. It's become the biggest rivalry in CONCACAF by far and that'll be a great game I think
3: so I think you know coming on home soil I don't think a point is out of the question I think three is definitely attainable uh, I think that it's going to depend on you know what kind of lineup Bruce puts out if he just goes for the draw or if he goes for the win and it's going to be you know they always get good support out in Columbus so it should be a good game to watch
2: yeah we saw the um, the U.S take on Mexico in Mexico they lost that game 2-1 to one. Uh, but in that game we saw a guy like on Onyeo really making one of his first starts um, inexperienced starting next to Greg author, but uh, with the experience they've gotten since then with the Gold Cup and everything else um, they, they should be a lot better off against Mexico
3: yep and Yeo has definitely become a rock in the defense since then
2: so I think a lot of things have changed in the past couple months and we've got to wrap things up here um Thanks for joining us today. You can hear it live um, every Sunday, 7 to 8 p.m. Um, archives can be gotten at revolutionrecap.com. And the latest Revs news you can get at anyrevs.com. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me.